Proverbs chapter 10. We were in Proverbs chapter 10 back before the holidays and uh, then we sort of separated off. We had some other things happening and didn't have those uh, midweek services. I want to finish this section. It's a section of comparisons and contrasts. Last time, we looked at three different comparisons that were given to us in verses 13 to 17. There was a comparison between the wise and the foolish. And then there was a comparison in verse 15 between the rich and the poor. And then in verses 16 and 17, a comparison between the righteous and the wicked. Beginning in verse 18 down through verse 21... It's really looking at our speech, how we use the wonderful gift of communication. Every verse has a reference to our speech. It's a contrast between the wise and the foolish use of communication. So Proverbs 10, verse 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. So in verse 18, the discussion Conclusion, those people are a fool. They is a fool. Verse 19, conclusion, they're wise. Verse 20, is of little worth. So notice, first of all, verse 18 talks about the speech of a fool. It makes two statements. It says, a fool hideth hatred in their speech, and a fool offers slander. Now, the idea of hatred was already touched on back in verse number 12. We discussed this several weeks back. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. So let's look at these two statements about the speech of a fool. Number one, their speech is insincere, or you could say hypocritical. Verse part of verse 18, he that hideth hatred with lying lips is, uh, the end of the verse says, is a fool. Now this word hatred is a strong word. It expresses strong emotion. It's a word not of hating things, like some people, you know, hate certain types of food. I, I just, I can't stand that. You know, you see it on their face, they never would order it, but if they get stuck with it, well, you know, uh, it's not something for something inanimate. This is talking about a, an emotional reaction between people, one to another. It's used in the Bible to speak of a lying witness, somebody who's called upon to testify who doesn't give the truth. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 18 says, And the judges shall make diligent inquisition, and behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother. So somebody comes and gives a false report about somebody knowingly, willfully. 
Now, I've only been called into court a couple of times to testify, and you always have to swear or affirm that the testimony you're giving is true. And there are high penalties if you perjure yourself, if you testify uh, falsely about something. That's, that's how that word is used, of a lying witness. It's also used of the false prophets. Now, it's not inadvertent. It's not unknowing. A false prophet is somebody who knew what they were declaring was from God, was not from God. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 31, the prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means, and the people love to have it so, and what will you do in the end thereof? So what he's saying is a fool, in our text here in Proverbs, a fool is someone who has animosity in their heart towards somebody else, but they put on a show or they try and pretend that that's not the case. You've probably had this happen at some time in your life where somebody treated you to your face very nicely, very kindly. You find out later they're slaughtering you behind your back. That's what this is talking about. And the Bible says a person who does that is a fool. Now, there are many illustrations in the Bible of this. You go to the beginning, uh, you know, the first family, Cain goes to his brother Abel without revealing his heart. And then Genesis chapter 4, he slew his brother. He didn't go to Abel and say, Abel, you know, I'm ticked at you. You're offering this sacrifice. I'm offering this sacrifice. Why are you trying to make me look? He didn't tell him what his intentions were. In 1 Samuel 18, this is one of the bizarre stories of the Bible that I said that in, in my own thinking, you know, this says more about Saul than anybody. When Saul gave his daughter to David, knowing her character, saying, you know, yeah, that's good. That's going to mess him up. What does that say about you as a parent, you know? That, that's a, that's a, one of those strange stories, but he was not revealing his true intent. He tried to make, oh, hey, you get to be married to the daughter of the king. What an honor. Uh, in the same time frame in the Old Testament, Joab took Abner aside to talk quietly with him like you know I've got some important to say from the king and then he killed him maybe the most egregious example is Luke chapter 20 how men hid their hatred of Christ and and the worst obviously example is Judas the Bible says in Proverbs 17 verse 4 a wicked doer giveth heed to false lips and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Trying to hide your true feelings by acting like all is well or saying things that are not genuinely true will be revealed. You know, sweeping problems under the rug never solve them. What does the Bible say? We're to speak the truth in love. We're to, we're to be problem solvers, not problem tolerators. Look, every time we tell a lie, and for whatever reason we do so, we need to recognize where it's rooted. John 8, says, Satan is the father of lies. He is a liar from the beginning. 
So I am bearing a characteristic of Satan, not of Jesus Christ, whenever I lie. And the Bible is teaching us here that when we hide hatred with lying lips, we are acting as a fool. Secondly, the fool speaks there, verse 18, second half, slander. Slander. Slander, Strong's Concordance says, is defaming speech, an evil report. Brown Driver Briggs says that it is, quote unquote, whispering. It could be a form of gossip. An Old Testament word is a tale bearer. Leviticus 19, 16 says, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. The very next verse says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy heart. God is very clear that when we slander others, when we tell things uh, uh, about others that whether true or not, we are, we are gossiping about them. We are acting like fools. It's amazing how we allow ourselves to be gossipy in our conversation and have no real compunctions about it. The question is, is our speech edifying is, or is it foolish? Say, Pastor, okay, what's the solution to gossip? Here's the solution to gossip. If nobody will listen to it, there's nobody to say it to. We have to take a high standard of not listening to gossip. We also ought to take a high standard about not speaking about gossip. You know, just because somebody said it to you doesn't make it true. I learned that a long time ago. The Bible tells us in John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Speaking gossip is not lovely speech. You know, if we only talked about people like we would like people to talk about us, it would really clear up a lot of this, wouldn't it? And then you take that topic of what love one for another means, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we won't take time to do that, but it's a New Testament chapter, we all know the theme of the chapter is charity or love. It makes two statements that God has used to challenge my own heart, trying to keep my speech proper. In verse 5 it says, if we have charity, we think no evil. Verse 7 says that if we have charity, we believe all things. You know what that means? That we give people the benefit of the doubt like we would like people to give us the benefit of the doubt. And so we, we, we don't want to be a fool in our speech. We don't want to harm the body of Christ, but it is, it is a regular form of entertainment for some people. You say, but 
but it's true. I know this is true. My question still would be, does it need to be spoken? Because the Bible says love covereth a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean love covers it up like you're helping somebody do wrong. What it means is love doesn't spread it. Just because it's true, unless it is needful by an individual to know it, to, to protect the work of God, it doesn't need to be spoken. Years ago, evangelist Bill Rice III gave a, dish, a definition of what is gossip. Anything spoken to anybody that is not part of the problem or part of the solution is gossip. That really narrows it down, doesn't it? If you're taking it to somebody who, for example, a spiritual authority or the parent of the child or the youth sponsor of the situation, so they can help the situation, that isn't inherently gossip. You're trying to do something beneficial to help a person struggling. But there's a whole lot of people that get told stuff that all it does is create a landfill of garbage in their mind that isn't helping anybody. So the best thing to do if you hear something that is sad, that is disappointing, that is contrary to God's plan, the best thing you can do is pray. And ask God, do I have a responsibility in this situation? If you don't, then don't repeat it. You'll save yourself a whole lot of grief. The speech of a fool. Secondly, we see the speech of the wise. Verse number 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, or there lacks no sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Look at chapter 11 and verse number 12. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. Look at chapter 13, verse 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. One more, chapter 17, verse 28. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. What is the Bible teaching? If we are constantly talking, we are opening up great opportunities to sin. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. There's no lack of opportunities to sin. And if you want to put it really basic, the more we talk, the more dangerous it becomes. Idle talk easily turns to gossip or expressions of judgmentalism. Remember Matthew chapter 7, we're to make certain the beam is out of our own eye before we go looking for the moat in somebody else's eye. This comes to unsolicited advice or those who always give their opinion when it isn't sought. You know, I, I've 
come to the conclusion some people just like to hear themselves talk even if nobody's listening. If you, if this is not saying there shouldn't be conversation. This is not saying that it's bad for friends to get together and to share together and encourage one another. But I'll tell you what's dangerous is unplanned conversation. You know, in Bible college, young couple get interested in one another. Uh, I'm going to tell you Saturday how Pat and Lyndon came together. It's a, it's a sweet story. It, it's, you know, they see each other, they're interested, they start spending time. But if they just spend time talking hours on end without a plan, I promise you they're going to talk about things they probably ought not. There needs to be a plan. There needs to be thought. And gentlemen need to take the lead in that. Planned conversations can be refreshing. They don't have to be defiling. So he says, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. And then he goes, the second half of the verse, he that refraineth his lips is wise. Do you know you don't have to say everything you think? You don't have to repeat everything you've heard. You don't have to express every opinion that you possess. If somebody doesn't ask, probably best not to tell. More than one time, Jan has helped me by saying, you know what, in a social setting, you don't have to be the pastor. You can just enjoy like conversation. Because I would fall into that trap sometimes. We, we need to make certain that we understand that words are more valuable and considered more precious when they're rare. Now, I'm not saying, guys, don't talk to your wife. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the Bible teaches us to be careful to guard what we say. And there's numerous verses of scripture. Psalm 39, 1, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. What does that mean? A bridle is to control the horse. I'm going to work at controlling my speech. The same idea is used in James. James 1.26, if a man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Psalm 141, verse 3, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. All of these verses are talking about, not about not talking, about not communicating, but being in control of what we say. I've had people jokingly say, well, I just say whatever comes to my head. That's obvious. It's also dangerous. We, we need to be controlled in our speech. If it doesn't need to be said, don't say it. I've had people say some of the most unkind and random things that I don't think that they ever even thought about. It just popped in their head and longer, you know, that, that brain wave barely touched the, the cerebellum and it came out their tongue. You know, I'd like to turn and say, do you know what you just said to me? You know, 
Have you thought about that? You know, if you've ever worked with the deaf, because uh, of their inability to hear, sometimes they, I mean, uh, not, not people who struggle with just hearing, but, uh, but totally deaf, they learn to lip read. Sometimes they don't know the social niceties. You know, how to say things in a nice way. They're just, they're very blunt and they're known for that. Anybody who works in deaf ministry knows that it's true. I've heard him say many times, you gotta have a tough skin to work with the deaf. When Jan, uh, before we were married, she worked in the church office and she worked in the membership office, it's a long story, but the lady she worked with, a dear lady, a sweet lady, was completely deaf, but she could read lips. But she was very blunt. I remember one day Jan said, you know what Henry said to me yesterday? Boy, you look fat. Well, thank you very much. And you're ugly. <laughs> I mean, that's how we want to respond, right? Now, she was just, for whatever reason, she thought Jan looked like she wasn't feeling well or whatever. And they just put it out there. Well, thank you very much. You just made my day. I feel much better now. You know, there's a lot of things that we, 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 need to, we need to understand the power of our words. By the way, mom and dad, especially with your children. Husband and wife, especially to each other. Don't take each other, ah, well, you know, we've been married forever. We can just say whatever. You may be able to do that, but I wouldn't say it's the best thing. The speech of the wise is measured. It's controlled. It's bridled. And thirdly, the speech of the righteous. In verse 20, it uses the word just. In verse 21, it uses the word righteous, but both come from the same Hebrew word. So verses 20 and 21, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want or lack of wisdom. It's interesting how the tongue and the heart are put in parallel here because the truth is the New Testament teaches us that they are without error rooted or linked together. That's true positively. That's true negatively. So if your heart is filled with righteous, good, encouraging thoughts, the true biblical love toward others, guess what's going to flow out of your mouth? If your heart is filled with anger and angst and judgment, and gossip, guess what's going to flow out of your mouth? Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. That proceeds out of the heart and shows up in what we say and what we do. I have no idea how many times this has happened in working with children in the heat of competition, they'll say something. It's inappropriate. You call them on the carpet. And I've had, I, again, I don't know how many times it's happened, but it's happened far more than I have counted where they say, I don't know where that came from. My answer is always, I know exactly where it came from. Your heart. Somehow you, you put yourself in a situation where you've heard those words and they filled your heart. And in the pressure of the moment, the pressure is put on your heart and it comes right out your mouth. 
So you say, you know, I don't like having harsh, judgmental speech. You know what that means? Your heart is filled with it. Ask God to give you a heart of love and forgiveness and grace, and that's what's going to flow out of your mouth. He says in verse 20, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. That which is refined. Speaking of wisdom, the speech of the righteous is good, it's noble, it's valuable. And God refines our heart in speech so that we're a blessing and able to be a benefit and helpful to others. There's some people I've spent time with and I walked away saying, I wish I could just have another hour or two. I'm enriched by the, by the fellowship and the conversation. There are other times in my life, sad to say, that I've spent time with somebody, nothing vulgar or in, in, in anything untoward like that was spoken, but I love saying, you know what? I wish I would have gotten control of that conversation. Some things were said should not have been said. It wasn't edifying. It wasn't honoring to God. You know, by the way, I would say, before you post anything on social media, or repost anything on social media, make sure it's reflecting a heart of grace and honoring to God. Your testimony is affected by your social media. There are certain people I quit following just because of the kinds of things they posted. Not, not vulgar, but it was with a spirit that I didn't want to affect my heart. Isaiah 50, verse 4, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Ever come along somebody discouraged? You ask God to give you the right words to encourage them? Your words are like choice silver. Proverbs 15, 23, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? You see, our speech, all of our communication, digital, verbal, is a revelation of what we are and what we think and what we believe. So we need to speak less and have what we say be valuable. Choice silver. You remember, uh, some of you are old enough to remember the commercial years ago about a, a, an investment house, John Hancock. When John Hancock speaks, the world listens. Any of you remember that? Now, all the different scenarios, whoever John Hancock was, would start to speak and everybody would stop and tune in. Why don't you ask God to have that kind of speech to bring people to hear and see God through your communication. Notice verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many. Are people nourished and strengthened by your speech? Or are they discouraged and disheartened by your speech? 
It, it has the idea of building people up, of nourishing. The word is actually in other places uh, implying that of shepherding. And earlier in the chapter, in verse number 11, it talks about how the mouth of the righteous man is as a well of life. In a desert, it brings refreshment. I want to be that kind of a person. A fool starves himself spiritually by not heeding wise uh, teaching. But as a child of God, I, I would like to be that kind of person that when people spend time with me, they leave encouraged, they're refreshed. They, they may have been a bit parched because this world is no friend of grace, but just a word, a verse, a thought, an encouraging word. Yes, you can. God is good. And you walk away strengthened for the journey. In just these four verses, there's a testimony to the speech of a fool, the speech of the wise, and the speech of the righteous. All of us communicate every day. If we could capture up all the words from the last week and somehow analyze them and, 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 and just rerun them in our minds, are we really showing wisdom and righteousness in our communication? Or in our venting and our anger, are we express or our gossip expressing the speech of a fool? Let's ask God to help us have tongues that are not, as James says, poison and fire, but rather wells of grace to encourage.